Welcome to the inaugural episode of From Where We Sit. My name is Chris Okra, and I'm the founder of a digital media agency out of Seattle called Detroit Northwest, or DNW for short. I'm excited to bring Ben Nussbaum. He's actually supervisor of DNW here today. We're going to talk in a minute. But before that, I just wanted to give a little bit of an introduction of the podcast and some of the genesis of it. Really, it came out of a lot of think pieces that I'm seeing online. You're seeing them on Forbes and Wall Street Journal, New York Times, about younger generations and their attitudes towards work, especially white-collar work. And then you see TikTok videos where there's a lot of disgruntled people just about corporate grind and what they want out of life. And it got me thinking, are we hearing enough from the younger workforce about their opinions on this? Is this actually happening or at a micro level? And can we get more voices talking about their experiences in the workplace? When you marry that with the ad agency and marketing and me being in the ad agency world for 15 years, it just led me to, let's have some more conversations about this. And starting with someone on my own team and actually a series within people within DNW just to get some honest opinions. And it helps both me, but hopefully some people listening just to get a better understanding of how younger people think 22 to 30 year olds are, are thinking about the workforce and where the industry is going. I'm actually excited about younger generations, but I know that there's a lot of apprehension because the workplace norms are changing so much. So this podcast is designed to give millennials and Gen Z a voice and have their opinions shared so that it's not just always top-down C-suites talking about their opinions. It's actually coming from the ground up a little bit. And so that's the genesis of From Where We Sit. And I'm excited to bring in Ben here. So Ben, welcome to the inaugural episode. How are you feeling today? Good. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat. It's good to have you here today. We'll start with some softballs to get it going. But, Let's do it. Um, Talk about yourself a little bit in your path to the current job, right? You have a little bit of experience. You're a supervisor now, so you've been in the industry for a little bit. But just talk about maybe what got you into this field and into DNW. How did you get here? How did I get here? Let's start with college, I guess. So yeah. going into college, I wanted to go into science. Uh, my dad was a surgeon. And I was like, science is cool. You know, I was surrounded by it growing up. So, I was, And I liked fish. So I was like, let's get into marine biology. <laughs> First year of chemistry really kicked my ass and I realized that science wasn't really my thing and I've always been a communicator I've always enjoyed conversation and working with people and teamwork and being in a team atmosphere and so I was like well let's let's try business let's see what business is about I went in to public relations thinking I was going to work for PR keep communicating with people and I then got involved in social media helping my buddy manage his freelance photography business, his commercial freelance photography business. And I was like, this is really cool. And I was doing that while I was applying for PR jobs. And it made me realize that, you know, maybe I like marketing a little bit more than PR, just getting a dabbling in the influencer space for a little bit. And so I started applying for marketing coordinator jobs. I was picked up by a small agency out in Kirkland, started with five, just like DNW. And we worked with a bunch of different clients. I worked on everything from government to college to environmental to engineering clients. I did everything from web analytics to Google ads to TV buying, radio buying, social media ad buys. And what I really realized is I loved data. I loved digging into how stuff worked, finding out ways to improve what we're doing and tell a story with the data that that I'm seeing. And so I moved from there kind of more into a an analytical position, really focused on web analytics and paid media analytics and how that affects web traffic and just painting a picture for a client. 
I worked there for about a year. I just kind of felt like I got everything I could out of it and realized I wanted to try something new. So I went to another agency out of Linwood, Washington called Happy Hour Media. I was brought on as a campaign manager. And similar to to uh, my first job, it was a really small company. 50% of my job was running campaigns. 50% of my job was supporting the media supervisor and strategic planning for our clients. And that was kind of the first taste that I got of macro marketing, where a little bit more client-facing, working on strategy, helping paint the bigger picture. And that's where I realized that I really like talking to clients. <laughs> and I really like... Ben likes having, talking? I, about as much as I do. Right? I do. I, I like having a seat at the table. Yeah. And... About a year into doing that, I was I came to a crossroads because I realized that I loved what I was doing. I loved the company I was at, but I didn't really think being in platform as much as I was 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 where I wanted to be. So I started applying for other jobs, and I was actually offered a media supervisor position at a international marketing yeah. agency. And this is kind of the biggest crossroad that I've come to so far in my career is do I stay with small company, a small company or do I branch out and go to a large marketing agency? Yeah. And I struggled for a while and I talked to my bosses at the time who are still great mentors of mine and they came back with the counter offer that was in line with what I wanted. Um, more account focused, kind of an account executive working on accounts at a much higher level and being involved in client management. And so I took it and it was great. I really enjoyed it. And then when was I hired here? In, about a year ago now. Yeah, just about a year ago in October of last year, October, November, I had come to another crossroads. Like I really like what, I, what I'm doing, which is lead gen yeah. account management, but I didn't think I was going to be in the lead gen space forever especially with kind of my career goals. And so I started applying for jobs again, and that's where I found DNW, and I found Chris. And immediately what stuck out to me as being an outdoor outdoorsy person is you were working with, we have, you know, an outdoor ski area, outdoor bike company, and that's kind of what I wanted to get involved with. Yeah. Combined with being a small agency, I was just like, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what's, what's going on, and there we go. now here we are. Yeah, so you've been with the company. Going back to the kind of path to marketing, was there any family pressures? You kind of started with science. Like, do you feel the pressure and how accepting was it kind of working in media and marketing? Was there ever any issues with that? Or, you know, you went to science because it yeah. felt like there was a little bit of an expectation. Do you feel like you disappointed in any sort of way or you feel like everyone's good? I mean, my family at a macro level is full of lawyers. So <laughs> my dad has already broke that mold, yeah. you know, when he decided to become a doctor. Oh, what a tough... Uh... Yeah, transition. tough transition. Lawyer to I know. doctor, okay. Yeah, so my parents were always super supportive of, they, they didn't care where, where I ended up. They just yeah. wanted me to do something that I enjoyed. And yeah. I always knew for a long time I was a communicator, and that's something I really pride myself on, but I didn't know yeah. where I was going to go with that. So before we get to some macro level things about the job and just some of your experiences, you've played sports. You were a swimmer, right? We talked a lot about that, but talks about, there's always a lot of you know, articles written about like sports preparing for their careers in college are usually like, oh, they're good people to hire for a lot of reasons. Do you kind of agree that college sports has prepared you for the business world? Absolutely. I was a D1 swimmer at Seattle University. Go Red Hawks. Shout out to all my Red Hawks. <laughs> um, yeah, college was a really trying time for me. I really 
messed around my first two years of college. And I think the, the only thing keeping me in school was swimming. But I think, you know, at a larger scale, college athletics and just athletics in general really teach great discipline and accountability, why it's important to show up and commit to something. Yeah. One of my very close friends wanted to quit after his freshman year. And he talked to his dad about it. And this conversation will resonate with me forever. But he was like, Dad, I'm, I don't know if I want to do it. And I, I want to quit. And his dad said, well, you made a commitment. And it's mm. you made a commi- commitment to swim here for four years. And you're going to see it through. And I'll never, I'll never forget this because I think it really speaks true to who student athletes are. As a, as a core person, they're someone who are accountable, disciplined, mm. willing to tough it out and put in the work. But in the business world, you know, I think something I really pride myself on now is being able to take feedback. And I think when people get told they're doing something wrong, they take it very personally. Uh, and I take it as an opportunity to grow and be better and expand my horizons to other ways of doing things or of new ways of thinking. And I, that all came from from swimming in college. I think being a college athlete also teaches you great time management skills, mm-hmm. um, interpersonal connections. You know, what translates well to, to being in a company is, is the team atmosphere that comes from college sports. You ride and die together. And like, that's how I treat all my teammates here at DNW. Yeah. So you've obviously had jobs before this one, right? You talked some of those experiences and clearly you've had a lot of thought about the career moves that you're making, you know, where do you feel like you want to, like, what progress do you want to continue to make, right? So you're still relatively young in this industry. You're not burnt out. It sounds like you still have energy, right? Um, but where can you, where do you want to make progress? Like, in, in are, are you setting goals for yourself? Is it more like writing down goals? Is it more just in your head, you have this, these, these goals in mind? And so are, are you setting goals for your career? Over the past week, I've, I've kind of thought about this quite a bit. I think something that's really kept me at small companies is I really enjoy the entrepreneur side of it. And entrepreneurship is something that really interests me. You know, I am a media supervisor here, but I really do a lot more than just that. I'm a, I'm run day to day on accounts. I help you with billing and finances when I can. And I help you cross the T's and dot the I's when needed as well. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. So I mean, career goal-wise, I would love to start my own company someday. I don't think I'm at the the point in my career where I need to make that decision of what it's going to be yet. I would love to stay in marketing, but it, I, you know, I think we're all chasing that CMO position <laughs> or that CEO position. Yeah. So, so do the, you feel like more entrepreneurial spirit is the way that younger people think of how to get to that high high level, or is it? Do people even consider the more corporate? Because you actually leaned away from going to big corporate whether agency life or marketing life, do you feel like more people in your life or your own experiences that you feel like people are staring away from that and they actually feel like the smaller side and then finding your own path is the way to go? What you, where's your point of view on that? Is it more your personal view or do you maybe even talking to friends, like get a sense of where people, um, what they consider? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really 50-50. Yeah. You know, I think um, the people, at least that I know, that got involved in marketing um, at a large company, so a Facebook, Google, etc., right out of college, seem to keep staying in those types of positions, mm-hmm. but just moving up that way. Whereas the people who have gone out and joined smaller, smaller companies, mm-hmm. you know, kind of do it the same 
I guess, not necessarily following the corporate ladder Mm -hmm. at one company, but do tend to jump around and rise up the ranks that way. I think, you know, when I first, when I quit my first job, I when I resigned from my first job, my my dad was like, "You've only been here for a year. You should you should stick it out a little longer." Yeah, and I was like, "Absolutely not." Um, no, and I knew, and I think you know, people staying at. I think people used to think a lot more about someone jumping around a lot in their career as a bad thing, up until recently. Whereas now, you know, I think. People my age, I'm 26, are really looking for the next opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you, I think back in the day, it was you stay at one company your entire life. Yeah. And I think that's really changed a lot. Yeah. People are going for their opportunity and trying to find their moment. Yeah. I was going to say, so the time clock's hitting because you're at about 10 months now. So um, I'll, uh, you're good. Enough for that. No, we're good for now, uh, <laughs> hopefully. But I guess, do our companies in your multiple positions, are they giving you the proper feedback or resources to kind of improve in your career? Because one thing I'm noticing in trends is, yes, it's about a little bit of here and now and making more money. Of course, everyone wants to make more money. and But like it's also about their roles and responsibilities and feeling like they're a part of the journey, they're a part of the process. Do you feel like at different stages you've been given, whether it's the proper feedback or kind of guidance to to feel like they're all because it feels like you almost hit some of those limits in places and then that's why it let, led you move on so what can you we learn from that or what could have jobs at the, in the past learned from that and said maybe we could have kept ben along longer if we would have met these checkpoints or maybe given him more feedback or resources yeah so um i've had mentors at the companies i've worked at so far um at my first company, it was the business development guy. His name was Charles. I think he, he saw something in me. And him and I got along really well. And he would provide me career advice much larger than what I was doing at my job. And I told him, "I'm hey, Charles, you know, I'm applying for other jobs. And he, he told me to go for it. Yeah. Uh, because he I think he felt that I may have reached my, my yeah. limit at my first job. And then at Happy Hour Media, the two account directors, Chris and Jeff, were so great to me. You know, any time I wanted to talk about my career at a more macro level, they were always there for it. And I think that there's a big difference between, you know, uh, your job responsibilities and growth as a business person. Mm-hmm. And where I I felt like at happy hour, I met my job responsibilities quickly. But what I really learned a lot there was how to be a better business person, how to communicate better, how to talk to clients, how to tell a story with the data in a way that makes sense and backs up what we're doing. And I feel like that's where they really helped me the most. And I left because I just wanted to try something new. Yeah. So I feel like they really helped me yeah. find myself as a well, business person. And and I think my own experience is I've actually had a history before even starting DNW where every like two to three years, I kind of got the itch. And I think of a lot of times you see in articles about it's money and there's an element of money, of course. And then it's people wanting to feel included in the process and maybe sometimes they're not. And so they leave. But sometimes it's just people like to experience new things. And I feel like the possibilities are just so open. And that's a part of this as well that gets overlooked. It's like people just like new experiences. I mean, you think about the Northwest, we're very outdoorsy. We have mountain and mountain ranges and (laughs) you're very outdoorsy. And it just, people want new experiences. And I feel like sometimes it's as simple as, of course, it's to the individual level, but people just want new things on top of, of course, making a little bit more money to give them the more freedom. But um, you kind of hit on that a little bit. I think the, the best thing that 
Chris and Jeff ever did for me that not this Chris, not the, not, the not other me, Chris. Chris O'Grey, another Chris. My my previous boss, Chris, yeah. is they pulled me into those higher level decisions yeah. in those higher level conversations where I didn't really deserve to be sitting having yeah. a seat at the table, but they knew that this was the type of stuff I was interested in, yeah. and they went above and beyond to make sure that I was there yeah. for those conversations, even if I wasn't even going to be a part of it. Just yeah. to be a fly on the wall just meant a lot to me. Yeah. There's always that kind of parable of like, if you don't give people access because you're afraid to leave and you don't want to give them that time and resources to grow and they leave, you're like, well, you, sp- you spent the time on them and they didn't use it. But if you don't spend the time on them and they end up staying, then you lost an opportunity for growth. So like companies have to kind of invest in their employees and give them resources. At an agency like DNW, we don't have a lot of fancy tools. We're smaller. We're a five-person shop. And But I think from my own perspective, I try to give a lot of access Right. I think we even had a conversation about the books and like what our expenses look like and I think what's you our do income and expenses. Job. But at the same time, you know, limitations, we can't send you to the fancy, you know, we're not sending you to can, to can or con or however you pronounce it, but we're not sending you to France. We're not sending you to New York. I know you asked about a New York conference like that's not in the books for now, but trying to give you access to insights and, and kind of get underneath the hood of the company. And those are ways that at least at our size company that we can we can try to do that. And so giving you elements of that and. Do you feel like from a feedback standpoint, a lot of times yearly reviews, you know, twice a year reviews, whatnot, do you feel like you're getting enough feedback week to week, day to day? Is that something that you've missed in your in this job or other jobs? Like, is it enough? Should we be rethinking reviews and just like how we give people feedback to make them feel encouraged to keep working and growing as a professional? Feedback is like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I wrote my uh, CLU college essay about feedback oh yeah <laughs> yeah and about how i love it Man. and i and i need it you're a glutton for punishment but in a good way it helps i you am grow. it's it's the student athlete in me yeah you know like being critiqued and pointing yeah. out ways i can improve is is what i need it's what i need yeah. so i think uh reviews are necessary yeah i think um I think everyone can do better yeah and it's just a structured way to talk about how you can improve and yeah. there's nothing wrong with yeah being bad at something or needing to improve. I was actually talking with my dad about this specifically and knowing that myself, I'm 40 and most of my team is younger or or has a few years in the industry and giving, trying to give more freedom to the staff. And I was talking to him about not trying to feel too nitpicky with the work, even if it would be done a little bit different. He had a, a good point of view. It's like, if it's not impacting the overall business, and it's just more of a stylistic thing, like avoid getting too nitpicky because you don't want to be overly critical, but you need to give feedback, right? And so, I, you know, picking and choosing those places to give critical feedback and then adapting it to each person. So for you, maybe I'm a little bit more blunt and direct with where someone else, maybe it's a little bit different, but each person is theoretically should be managed a little bit differently while still having a strong or high bar for them. And so that's a balance that I know personally I face in you like feedback. I know that you like feedback. Trying to give that feedback in a direct manner and making sure it's a professional direction, but also not overly nitpicky. It's a hard balance because, totally. you know, when you start doing this experience in this industry matters so much. And, but you can only learn by experience. So how do you give that person experience without sh- shaking their confidence? That's like a big thing too I think about a lot is I don't want to shake your confidence if I get overly nitpicky. But at the same time, we have to serve the client and make sure things are going well or we could potentially lose business. So that is the balance that we face. So that feedback loop from me to you and then, you know, seeing you move forward with that advice is important. And with us being a small company, it's maybe a little bit easier at bigger companies. It's probably harder and harder, but it sounds like for you personally, you you really enjoy the feedback. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
now you're actually managing people, your supervisor, right? So you're responsible for clients specifically, but also teams and making sure the work's getting performed. You're young in the position. What would you say that you've learned from managing people? How have you adjusted to that? And like, are there any lessons you've learned? So kind of a few things to unpack, but just talk about your experience of managing and kind of getting into having to do maybe be a boss in a way. Boss is such a, yeah. kind of, it sounds like such a bad term, oh, but like so good. being a manager. <laughs> managing people is hard, very hard. Definitely adds a new level level of complexity to it. Everyone's their own unique person mm-hmm. and learns and works differently. And uh, knowing how to meet people's needs on a personal development level is 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 tough to do. And it's something I'm definitely still trying to figure out with with the people here at DNW. But you know, I just love that feedback. So anytime I can get it, it's better. But like. You know, I think it's really about knowing the person, understanding how they work and taking the time to to making sure you're you're answering their questions. And I'm really optimistic about my career as a as a boss and as a higher up. You know, I think it's I think it's an important thing to to learn and I think it just makes you that much better at your job. Yeah, definitely. I you know, I think about when you start to actually have to manage people, right? It's you learn to I think the new school way of thinking is you do have to tailor your approach to each individual, right, to get the best out of them. I mean, you look at like modern sports, you know, it used to be everyone gets treated the same and it's sports is adjusted, right? It's tailoring it. It doesn't mean you have a high, don't have a high bar for them. Um, That modern is more of tailoring your approach to each individual. And that, of course, goes to business and everyone has their own style of how they receive information and being able to read those situations in the moment and understand what's important and what's not. You know, this industry is interesting because it's not an industry of savants. You don't see 22-year-old media directors out there unless they're just running their own company. It's because you need to go through the trials and tribulations. You need to succeed and fail and learn. And one thing about this industry is people are moving faster through their careers because of, you know, having to push people forward, but they're learning faster. But at the same time, I feel like younger people are more equipped than ever because they're so multifaceted and they're learning quicker and they know how to adapt to situations better than when I was 22 or 23 years old. And you being just 26, it sounds very young as an age, but you have a good wealth of experience to pull from. So it makes it kind of easier to pull your experiences and then relate to each of your you know, people that you may be working with. So it's good that you're getting kind of the on-the-job experience. And at a smaller agency, it's been great. It, it's actually good, I mean, in some ways because there's always a level of risk managing. You never want to like lose a piece of business or whatnot, but you get a mix of clients. You're going to get more diverse clients. You're not just working on one piece of business. So you can learn from so much more and then hopefully grow and get those resources or get that kind of experience, even though we don't have the resources to go send you to fancy conferences where you can kind of network. Well, hopefully one day we'll get there, but not quite yet. I did want to ask about like the corporate ladder. So we kind of talked about the ladder and that term and it feels so outdated, but you look at yourself, you're a supervisor now at agency of five, right? And let's say the agency's 10 people. Like, do you kind of look at the steps in front of you and say, oh, I have room to grow or I'm going to butt up against something? How do you, do you think about that that often about what's in front of you? And, or do you just say, I'm going to do the best I can. And then, you know, wait for, you know, if the opportunities stay at the current agency, I'll stay. And if something else pops up, it pops up. Or are you kind of thinking four steps ahead or how, how do you, think of like your next steps very situational yeah on my first company i kind of realized i'd reached my ceiling at the second company i definitely felt the room to grow but i wanted to give something else a try and here 
I I definitely feel the room to grow. You know, DNW is just getting started, and I think that this is a company where I could make a long-lasting impact. So, personally. I don't have any ten- intention on leaving anytime <laughs> soon. I, I I I think I'm in a yeah. pretty unique position to help this company grow and be a part of of it for a while. Well, on that note, our goal here is to keep it a very digestible podcast. It was great to have Ben on. I know he works for DNW. He's paid by DNW, so he may be obligated. It feels like he's obligated to say things, but hopefully Absolutely this was not. a good conversation and I think it's illuminating to get the different perspective. I know we're going to talk with other members of the team and hopefully people outside of the DNW family about this as the series goes on. It's good to get the perspective and kind of add it all up. I think, you know, it's interesting is when you read articles, it's always broad strokes. And of course, it's always individual. Each person's a little bit different. But seeing some patterns, it's like any media campaign or any campaign. There is going to be, every campaign is unique, but there are patterns over time. And I think the more we can educate ourselves as across the board from lower level positions to managers or owners, we can adapt to the new world around us. And COVID just expedited the things that were already happening pre-COVID. And that's the feeling that I have about it. So I need to adapt my thinking. I know there's more topics that we're going to discuss as as other people go on. Any kind of parting, do you have any parting thoughts? Not about DNW, just, you know, your excitement about marketing in general. Do you feel like, you know, a field that it sounds like it is, but what's your kind of parting thoughts on what you think of marketing and where you think you want to go or just what you can bring to the table over time. I'm going to pivot just because I feel like it. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say the best bosses. Answer the question, Ben. Go ahead. (laughs) The the best bosses I've had are the ones that give their employees a voice. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, no matter what size DNW becomes, because um, I appreciate having a voice. I appreciate having a seat at the table. And I know the other people in this room do too. So thanks. On that note, um, as we all give each other a pat on the back. No, uh, thank you, Ben, for that <laughs> fist bump. There we go. Yeah. Um, it was a good conversation. Thank you so much. It was a great, hopefully, inaugural episode, and we're excited to do some more. So hopefully we hear from um, or we get some more listens in the future. But uh, thank you, Ben, for your time today. I'm really excited to uh, see how this conversation shakes out in the podcast world, hopefully yeah. within your Spotify and Apple podcast. That is the hope. And then hope to have you on in the future. I imagine we will. And you'll be working the ones and twos at minimum, I imagine, as well. Thank you again. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone.